I will just maybe read one of these uh, rather than read everything because there's so much of the passage, uh, the parallel of this passage that I'm going to um, uh, read this morning. Um, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. It's all stand, please. It's all stand uh, from verse number 23 to verse number 27. Matthew chapter 8. <coughs> Verse number 23 up to verse number 27. To start with, just following the rise, the Bible says, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, um, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. <coughs> And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, um, uh, uh, and the sea, and there was a great calm. Verse 27, um, But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? So from there let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, once again, Lord, we thank you for uh, this day. Lord, thank you for the joy that you have given to us this morning. Thank you, Lord, that um, we can rest um, our soul um, Sunday morning and, and Sunday evening uh, when your word is preached. Uh, Lord, we can rest um, um, our labor and our minds, our, our uh, Lord, all our, all our faculties, Lord, are focused on you. And we uh, thank you, Lord, for giving us this uh, time of rest of our um, struggles and Lord we think about you and your goodness to us Lord um, this morning I pray that you'll speak to us the fresh um, meat of your word and uh, use your word this morning oh God to speak to our hearts and enable us Lord to see ourselves in the in the situation here of the disciples in their in their calamities in their storms and their tragedy Lord and, and the, the life that they, they've been through in this um, in this world um, is all of tribulation and problems and trials and testings. Lord, um, the same thing is true with us. Um, we, we have our own testings and trials. And Lord, um, how, how you spoke to them and how you um, helped them, Lord, I, I, I trust that the same help and the same um, approach of God that these people um, have done uh, are the same approach that we are doing. And I pray, oh God, that we can attune all of these um, things and to your, to your um, 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 honor, oh God, that uh, we can do things that can glorify your name. Bless us this morning and enable us to understand this passage of scripture. And help me, Lord, as I deliver your word. Cover me with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And allow that, Lord, that your word will be uh, put in my mouth, anoint my lips, and also uh, touch the heart of your people. And I pray, O oh God, that uh, in, uh, in our midst this morning, you'll be glorified and be lifted up. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. And this is... Um, the disciples that um, the disciples of the Lord are giving uh, their story of um, you know the 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 storm. The Lord Jesus Christ is very much you know um, aware of what's going on and what's happening in this uh, in the in the lives of the disciples. And again, my friend, you will see here in this parable, uh, not really par parable, but uh, this story of um, the disciples, um, the story here 
is really a striking, striking similar uh, to our situation. As a Christian, um, we've, I've been through a lot of problems, I've been through a lot of situation in life, and I believe it's not just me, but all of us, individually, severally, all of us will go through the same situations in life. And I hope and pray that, you know, um, we will be able to see how the, the, the power of the Lord Jesus Christ here uh, being displayed and revealed uh, in the lives of the disciples. The disciples here are very much, um, the disciples here are very much similar to us. Very much similar. And I believe we're all the same because, I, as I told you, these disciples are very young in their Christian lives. They were very young. Many of us here maybe have got saved about five years already or more, 10 years, 15 years. I, I mean, I got saved uh, already 13 years in my uh, Christian life um, uh, this year. And uh, many of you may be younger than that. But I will tell you, uh, these disciples were very new. They were just like two years or three years in their Christian lives and even less. And yet, you know, the display of their behavior, the display of their approach and, and their responses uh, to, to the things that Jesus Christ did in those times are amazing. Very much similar to how we respond also in our own uh, Christian walk. Here, our Lord had been teaching over you know, many um, hours in this same day. Uh, they woke up early in the morning and they start shooting off into the uh, place of preaching and people will just be magneted and come together around him. And then um, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ will preach uh, hours and hours and hours and, and keep on encouraging the people, keep on charging the people and, and, and sometimes healing the sick, sometimes, you know, a teaching, you know, marvelous teaching of um, the Word of God. And these people... Um, they enjoyed it. They loved it. They, some people tried to uh, comprehend what the Lord Jesus Christ was saying. But the Lord Jesus Christ um, preached all day. In fact, uh, he consumed his days preaching. But what an amazing thing. After the day's preaching, the Lord Jesus Christ did not sleep, did not go to bed, did not go to, her, to his house. But he began to travel to the other side. He, he, I know, encouraged his men. He encourages um, people, let us go over to the other side. I will tell you, my friend, the Lord Jesus Christ is very much concerned about the people on the other side. There are people who are not saved that are still staying in the other side. Maybe they have they have religion, most of them. They have they have uh, uh, you know place of worship that they go to, but they are not saved. They are on the other side. Because there are only two kinds of people in this world. Yeah. Yeah. The people that are saved and the people that are not saved. Yeah, right. It's not about oh, what kind of religion, a Baptist <laughs> here and Seventh-day Adventist there and Presbyterian over there and, 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 and Methodist over there and Islam there and um, um, Buddhist. No, it's not about it. It's about, you know, saved and unsaved. And the Lord Jesus Christ was speaking to his disciples and said, let us go to the other side. The Lord is very much concerned of the people on the other side. And again, as they launch, 
as they launched into the water and crossing into the uh, Sea of Galilee. What a beautiful place is that. Uh, by the way, I, I was able to touch that water in the Sea of Galilee. And I washed my hands there. <laughs> it's just an amazing experience. I love it. And, and uh, uh, we clean up the, the sea, that place there in the sea. And we pick up rubbish and um, just clean up, clean up uh, joining the people from New York. There were people from New York um, went to that place to clean up the place. That's their, that's their heart's desire. To just to be able to serve the land of, you know, um, um, the, the, the blessed land. Um, uh, the, the place of God's um, uh, favor. And then they, they uh, encouraged us and we went there. We have gloves and all this. And before I finished, I, we were, as we supposed to go to the, uh, to the bus, I remember, oh, I need to wash my hands there in the water. So I went there, you know, there's a very cold, very cold water because that the water in the Sea of Galilee is coming from the, you know, uh, from the Mount um, Hermon. The ice caps there, when it melts, it goes to that Sea of Galilee. And it's cold water. And wow, it's just a blessing, um, you know, to be able to touch that water. And there, that Sea of Galilee... Um, when Jesus, the Lord Jesus and other disciples crossed to the other side, um, they were caught there with a tempest in the sea. There was this sudden terrific storm that arose in the sea. And the people, the disciples were terrified. They were terrified. They were in panic. And, and the, 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 the sad thing to them is looking at the Lord Jesus was asleep. He was asleep in a, in a pillow. He was there in the hinder part, in the, the rear part of the, sh of the ship. And again, these people tried to uh, maybe manage it themselves, but they could not manage it. And, and they thought that they would die. And they woke up the Lord Jesus. They, they woke him and, and asked him, um, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Are you not, are you not careful? Or, or do you, do, do you, don't want, you don't want to help us here? Immediately, the Lord Jesus Christ rose and, and rebuked the, the wind. He rebuked the storm. When the Lord rebuked the storm, after that, there was a great calm. There was a, you know, very, very quiet and um, solemn place. Uh, and, and there's no wind, there's no wave, there's no rain. And again, uh, as we see that, it was a display of God's power, it was a display of God's, you know, um, ability uh, to help his disciples, mm -hmm. and also a great testimony that the Lord Jesus has power over the nature. And that is a great thing because uh, we want our God to be more powerful than the power of nature. Amen. And praise the Lord, we are worshiping the Lord that is more powerful Amen. than the power of nature. Amen. Amen. And that is already a consolation to me. That is already, a, you know, an encouragement to me. And I thank the Lord that I found Him and He found me. Amen. And I can worship Him and He is glorified in my worship. And that is already a great blessing and a great victory uh, in my life. And I know that it's also the same with you. That when you are worshiping the Lord, you know that the Lord is pleased of your worship. Because you worship Him with all your heart. No one is pulling you and no one is dragging you to come here. We all come here by our own volition. 
We all come here because we want to, to honor the Lord in our personal life. We don't come here because, you know, if you don't come here, uh, you have no salary next week. You know, no, it's not like that. We all come here because we love the Lord. We want Him to honor our lives and we want to honor Him. And that is, my friend, um, a worship that is acceptable to God. And here, this morning, as we see this life, the story of these disciples, as they crossed that red, I mean, not red sea, sea of Galilee, as they crossed that lake of, of, of uh, uh, Galilee, they, they encountered that storm. When they encountered the storm, I will tell you, my friend, that is a vivid picture of a life, of the life of, a, of um, every Christian today. That experience that they had, this whole thing is like a parable of the Christian life as believers. And uh, this morning, we are on a journey from earth to heaven. We are here in this journey. We are now in the midst of the sea. We have already left the shore. And we are now in the midst of the sea. And we do not know whether uh, there will be tempest along our way going to the other side. Perhaps there will be tempted tempest because we are told that uh, everyone that will love the Lord, everyone that follow Christ, that live godly for Jesus Christ, shall suffer persecution. And we do not know whether it will come, um, you know, in this life or, or not. We do not know, but it is already a warning to all of us that there will be stormy, stormy life that we can experience. And sometimes when storms come, our faith fails. Sometimes when the storm comes, you know, our, our faith falters. And we get discouraged. And we, we, we lose that appetite to come to, to the church. We lose that appetite to pray. And we have no, um, you know, encouragement whatsoever to read the Bible. Why? Because there's a storm. And, then, and that storm brings discouragement to us. But I will tell you this morning, my friend, we want to reverse that. Whenever there is storm, we will continue to be faithful to God. We will continue to put our trust and faith in the Lord. Because that's what the failure of these disciples. That's what happened to these disciples. And sometimes uh, when, when we have storms in our life, um, we think that the Lord is sleeping. We think that the Lord is not helping us and not hearing our prayers. We think that the Lord has, has forgotten us. And we say to ourselves, oh, I have a lot of problems, but Lord, are you, are you sleeping? Lord, I have a lot of problems, but it seems like, God, you are missing in action. Where are you? Just like the disciples, they, they face this big winds and storms and, and the waves and the water gets into the ship and the ship was rocked in. Wow, it was a, a, a very dangerous and fearful sight. But the Lord was sleeping. And the disciples, you know, got this idea in their head, which is really wrong. They said, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? As if the Lord has no um, compassion? As if the Lord has no um, a heart? That his disciples are left there 
left there alone to fight that wave, to fight that water, and, and, and empty the, the boat of water, and the Lord is sleeping. I think sometimes our Christian life is like that. We, have, we face problem here. We face problem with our finances. We face problem with our relationship. We face problem with our uh, children, our parents. We, we face problem with our work. We face problem with, with our bills. We face problem with our school. We, we face problem everywhere. And we cry unto the Lord. And the Lord is like sleeping. Lord, and these disciples cry, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? Do you not care? I'll tell you, my friend, what the, why these people, of all the people in the world, the Christians, those people who experience the power of God, are the people who are, you know, concocting the idea that the Lord does not care. That is unimaginable. But it happened. Yeah. The disciples, as if like charging God, Lord, you, are, you do not care. I do not know how many of us here, when we face problem, charge God, Lord, you do not care. <clears throat> it comes out from the mouth of the people that are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. How come these people who already experience the love of God charge God that God does not care them, does, does not care about them? Does God care? I will tell you, my friend, the answer yes. is yes. yes. God does care. He does. Only if we would take him at his word, as these disciples should have done, the Lord Jesus Christ would have shown to them great and mighty things. The only thing is the faithlessness is always a problem. Faithlessness. They run out of faith. They have no faith and therefore they have all the reason to fear. They have all the reason to doubt. They have all the reasons to feel the alarm. Why? Because of faithlessness. Today, let's take a look at this um, situation of the disciples. The disciples here, my friend, we will see first of all the perils of the storm. The perils of the storm. Why we say that? Because in our Christian life, there are always storms. We do face storms. I faced storms in my life. 2019, I faced this great storm. Um, a lot of heavy um, situations and, 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 and you know, um, my mother was dying and uh, I had to leave. I had to go to Philippines. I have to travel. I have to, I have to see my mother before he, uh, she dies, but um, uh, trying to help the situation and our family is helpless. And again, you know, uh, it happened. Uh, it's a storm. It's a problem that, oh, it's really hard. I don't know how are we going to go through with this storm. And two years after that, I, 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 I got cancer myself. And it's another set of storm. Wow, uh, this is going to be the end. I do not know. Uh, my children are still very young. And how am I going to, you know, um, face this one? And again, cares and, and all this fear and all these things. I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid um, about my um, um, life in the future because I know that um, my life is in the Lord's hand. But sometimes being as a father, you look at your children still very young and you, the, the fear to die is not about fear of death. It's about fear 
how am I going to, um, you know, to, um, to, to see my, the future of my children? How am I going to face that, you know, the thought of dying and children is young. Oh, that is really, really tormenting. That is a storm. That is a storm that we need to go through. And again, some people have experienced greater storm, but I will tell you, storms are happening. Storms are coming and storms are being experienced by God's people. And here, there is the peril of the storm. In, in, in verse number 23, Matthew chapter 8, verse number 23. Our life, my friend, may encounter a great storm while following the Lord. Remember this. It's not because you're a Christian, you are immune from all storms. In fact, you know, it's just the opposite. We are very much uh, susceptible to storm. We are very much, you know, vulnerable um, in our position because um, we are now on the side of God and the world is against us. That is why the storm is so much, um, you know, uh, attracted to us. Verse number 23, And when he was entered into a ship, Jesus Christ, his disciples followed him. We are the people who followed God. Not so many people followed God, but we are the people that followed God. And remember these people that followed God, what happened to them next? Notice here, verse number 24. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea. In so much that <clears throat> the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. My friend, the storm of life is real. Yeah. Yeah. The storm that, you know, may have not come yet, but brace yourself, it might come. The journey on which the Lord Jesus Christ takes us through is not without a storm. Right. So prepare yourself for that. Trust in the Lord. Lord, if that storm comes, give me that, strengthen my faith, and help me, Lord, give me that grace. When we place our faith in the Lord Jesus, there can be trouble and testing and trials and afflictions and hardships and tribulations on every side. But notice here, notice here, the testimony of the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse number 4, 2 Corinthians 7, 4. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceeding joyful in all our tribulation. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. This is a Christian. This is a believer of God. And yet his life is full of trouble. And he was, he was in trouble on every side. He said, he said, without, without his fighting and within, we're fierce. And 2 Corinthians 4, 2 Corinthians 4, verse number 8. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. 
Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. My friend, storms of life is real. Storms can come to us. And we need to brace ourselves for that, putting our trust in the Lord, and, you know, cemented that, clapping to the Lord, and clinging to the Lord. Because when that storm comes, I will tell you, it will, shake, it, will, it will shake your life. You need to be strong in the Lord. Always be strong in the Lord. Because re uh, storms are real. And God's children are not immune from the storm. We are not immune from, from the tragedies in life and calamities and have hardship, afflictions, we are not immune. But again, we, we know that uh, uh, in the Bible that as godly people we are even more vulnerable or susceptible to you know, hardship and difficulties in life. Notice this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 11. Persecutions Afflictions which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. But out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And jump to John chapter 16, verse number 33. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace, in the world you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. The Lord has promised that He has overcome the world, but He does not promise that you will be out of tribulation. We will have tribulation, but remember the Lord had overcome the world. In, in, in Philippians chapter 1, verse number 29, Philippians 1.29, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. My friend, there is this peril of the storm. Secondly, I want you to see, not just the peril of the storm, but the purpose of the storm. What's the purpose of the storm? You see in verse number 25, Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. <coughs> Matthew chapter 8, verse number 25, And his disciples came to him, and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? And then, then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, uh, uh, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But again, the question is, why does the Lord permit the storm? The Lord knows already that they are going to cross that lake of Galilee. It's a wide, wide lake. When you are standing on the, on the edge of the lake, you cannot see the other side. It's very vast. Look, if you look at the map, it's so small. But when you, when you go there, it's like the lake of Rotorua. Maybe bigger than that. I do not know which one is bigger. But it's a wide, vast lake. And again, um, the Lord knows that they are going to travel 
why he allowed the storm? What's the purpose why God allowed the storm to hit while they were, they were in the midst of the sea? It's not really the sea, it's just a lake, but it looks like a sea. But it's a lake. But here, my friend, in verse number 25, we will see the reason, the purpose, why the storm came. Why the Lord Jesus allowed the storm? The reason why the Lord allows the storm is maybe because these people, these disciples, you know, will be, uh, you know, caught that they have no faith at all. These disciples are caught. I will tell you, my friend, I hope that this will not happen to us, that we will be found that we have really no faith. These disciples are caught that they are not really having faith in the Lord. And that is why, again, there are a few reasons here. few reasons why he led his disciples in the storm and permitted them to be tested there. The first reason, probably, is to develop and exercise their faith. If they have no faith, by that storm, they will have faith. If they have little faith, by that storm, it can strengthen their faith. The storm here had become a blessing to these disciples. Or otherwise, they would just like live their life uh, day in and day out as if they have faith in God. And then all of a sudden, they are found they have no faith. But this storm revealed the kind of Christians they are. They come to the Lord. They join the Lord. They, they, they are always with the Lord. They listen when the Lord preach. They listen when the Lord, you know, uh, give the sermon. They come to church. They, they, they always come, and yet they have no faith. These people are found. And, and again, the Lord is mindful about their spiritual condition. That's why I think the Lord allows them to go to the storm, so that their faith there, if they have no faith, it can develop that faith. And if they have little faith, it can strengthen the faith. The storm will do the job. <laughs> That storm did the job to develop and exercise their faith. And perhaps that is the main reason. Because there are many reasons why. Probably there are many, many reasons why the Lord allows the storm. And again, he had still the storm. And he rebuked that wind. And notice what he said after he did that. He said, why are ye fearful? That question will tell us the answer. Because they have no faith. They, are, they don't really have faith in the Lord Jesus that they are sleeping in the pillow. So therefore the Lord allows the trials in order to see how his disciples will react. And whether uh, these disciples will really put their trust in him. I will tell you my friend. When time will come and God forbid that time will come you go home. And you have your 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 uh, house um, rent. You 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 cannot find money where to to pay the rent. You cannot find money where to where to buy food for your for you and for your children. And you cannot find money to buy petrol to go to work. And I will tell you that that is that is awful. But again, if that happens to you, um, I hope that you are not you are not going to be uh, you know um, um, 
that will not display your um, lack of faith to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's what happened to these disciples. They come to this point where they are found by the Lord Jesus himself. How is it that you have no faith? <clears throat> these disciples that have been with the Lord Jesus, they saw the Lord Jesus perform miracles, um, multiplying the bread and the fish to feed thousands. And these disciples still do not have faith in the Lord Jesus. Why God allows this? Because God wants to develop that faith. He wants to try that faith. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 7. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 7. That the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to exercise that faith. God wants also, another reason, God wants to reveal His power. He wants to reveal His power. Go back to our text in Matthew chapter 8, verse number 26. And He saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then He arose and rebuked the winds and the sea. And there was a great calm, my friend, because of the storm. Because of the storm. His power was revealed. Amen. Sometimes the, the power of God will be revealed in your life when you have problems. When you are facing difficulties and, and, and tragedies in life, and God forbid that would happen. But sometimes the Lord will be, you know, revealed in your life when that storm comes. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ did this even to the person that was blind, born blind, if you remember that story. There was a person that was born blind and his disciples asking the Lord, Lord, this person born blind, who sinned in this moment? Who, who sinned in this time? Was it the father, the parents, or that person that was born blind? And the Lord Jesus Christ now, uh, neither of them. But that the power of God will be revealed in them. And that is what he said in John chapter 9, verse number 1. John chapter 9, verse number 1. He said here, notice this. Notice how the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, answered the question of these disciples. The disciples, they have their own their thinking. They have their thinking, if the person has calamity, perhaps he has done something wrong. So God punished him. So that person must have some sin. He did sin. Now, when someone is in difficulty in this life, our brother or sister, they have difficulty, do not come into judgment that, ah, this person is hiding something. God is punishing this person because he's hiding. No, no. Do not jump into conclusion. Do not judge the person. And by the way, we are not supposed to judge anyone. Because we are not here in this church to be judges. We are here in this church to be witnesses. <laughs> that is our job, to witness, not to judge. But look at, look at here. These disciples are judging that hmm, there must be someone sitting here. He said, and Jesus, as, um, as, and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, Neither had this man sinned, nor his parents. But that the works of God 
should be made manifest in him. Now, you see here, um, the Lord, looking at this verse, in chapter 9, verse number 1 to 3, you will find that um, the disciples thought that someone, someone really committed this evil. Something that man's eyes could not see, but deep inside these people's heart, there must be someone. My friend, um, the, the disciples are very quick to judge people. You and I perhaps are guilty of this. That when we look at someone, then we judge in our heart. Ah, this person, <laughs> this person, and it's so easy for us to point our fingers to people that you know this person is being dealt with God because he is hiding something. You see, someone had seen why this man was born blind. An amazing response of the Lord. The amazing response of the Lord. He explains to his disciple. That sin was not the reason. Sin was not the reason of this, but that the work of Christ must be made manifest. Verse number three. Verse number three. And Jesus answered, Neither had this man sin nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest. And again, um, go back to the story of the disciples here in the Sea of Galilee. These disciples of the Lord, you know, the reason why he allowed these storms to come to them, that these people nearly died in the waters, the reason why, so that Christ's power will, will be revealed in that storm. Remember how he stopped the storm. He said, Peace! Be still, and the waves obey him, and the and the storm stopped, <laughs> and the wind ceased by the word of Jesus Christ. You see, if there's no storm, if the if the if the voyage is smooth and easy, that power of Christ will not be revealed. Yeah. But because there was this storm. And because it was between life and death, then the Lord came around and, you know, performed that miracle and stopped that storm by His own words, by the display of His great power. <clears throat> then the works of God are revealed. Amen. You see, the storm only revealed the power of Christ. And that was a great blessing to all of us who worship the Lord, who serve the Lord. Because we have a God that is so powerful. When he said, he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And he said, after that, go ye therefore. And what's the word therefore? Because he has the power in heaven and earth. So he is commanding us to go. And we have a basis why we need to follow him. Because he has the power. And the Lord Jesus Christ that we are serving today, the Lord Jesus that we are worshiping today, it's a powerful God. It's a powerful Lord. And He is, you know, He holds the power of heaven and earth. And people do not know Him. And I hope that deep within your heart, you know Him. Amen. Because a lot of Christians, even until today, they are Christians. And yet, they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Many of us have confessed the Lord Jesus Christ for many years. Many of us, as I told you, these disciples, they are just Christians for maybe few few years or maybe a couple of years 
But many of us have been Christians for many, many years. But despite of the fact that we, are be, we have been saved for many years, many of us do not really know in personal experience who Christ is. Many of us do not have personal experience of what Jesus Christ is able to do for us and able to do for others. A lot of us, a lot of Christians, we are so rich with the Word of God, we are so rich in the preaching of God's Word, and we come together often, and yet we are destitute of God's, you know, power in our lives. We have no power. We have not seen God's power. Again, this is worse, because these people, they saw Christ's power, and still they don't have the faith. But who Jesus Christ really is? I will tell you who he is. The Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ. He is that mighty Lord of creation. The Lord Jesus Christ. Not just that, you know, maybe many of us will say that the Lord Jesus Christ is God. And, and I affirm that. That he is God. But he's also man. The Lord Jesus Christ is the man Christ Jesus. He is truly man. Remember, he slept in the pillow. Remember, he got tired. He was hungry. Because he is truly man. But is that all? No. It's not that all. That Lord Jesus Christ, the man Christ Jesus, is also God. He is God. He is not just man. He is God, man, the Lord of nature, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace. He is also the living word. In John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He is that word. Jesus Christ is that word. Because he is the one who came, you know, in the flesh. In verse number 14. Verse number 14. And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as of the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Truth and grace. And you see, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6, Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Who is this wonderful? The son that was given. Jesus Christ that was born. Wonderful. Counselor. The mighty God. The everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Believe on in the world. And receive up into glory. My friend, the purpose why God or Jesus Christ allowed the storm, the purpose to that is to reveal His person. His power. We see the peril of the storm. We see the purpose of the storm. Lastly here this morning, we see 
the promise of overcoming that storm. Only the Lord Jesus Christ can make this promise of overcoming that storm. Go back to Luke chapter 8 verse number 22. Luke chapter 8 verse number 22. The Bible says, Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship <coughs> with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. And they launched forth. My friend, we see here, we see here Christ's power over the storm. This is what, you know, um, this is what I, we, I see in here, that the Lord Jesus Christ is telling us that if the storms come in your life, if that storm will ever come, do not get discouraged, but understand, understand that the Lord Jesus Christ has power over the storm. He has greater power. And no power can, can overcome His power. The Lord Jesus Christ knew that the storm was coming. He knew it. He knew that this storm, this storm is going to come. And despite of the fact that this storm is coming... He did not delay. They launched into the water. And they launched into the water and was being caught with the storm. And he allowed the storm. He permitted the storm. And he led them into it. And the Lord Jesus Christ appeared in that um, when he rebuked the storm, when he rebuked the wind. You know, nature obeyed him. But when they called upon the Lord Jesus, uh, Master, carry thou now that we perish? Lord, wake up. Wake up and help us. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ appeared so unconcerned. He was not in panic. He was not, you know, when he gets up and the water is already deep in the, in the boat. He did, not, he did not, like, you know, a show um, 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 rush. That he needs to do something? No. The Lord Jesus Christ was not really was not really troubled about the storm. He knew that the storm would come. He knew that the storm will be great. But he knows how to stop the storm at once. And he commanded the storm to cease. And the storm obeyed him. And the disciples were safe. And again, all these things, my friend, are true in our, um, you know, in, in relation to every believer today. That we are launching now, we are now in the midst of the sea. We are now on our voyage into the other side. We are on our way to the other side. Where, the, you know, the, um, uh, the, the place where God wants us to be in heaven. But I want you to consider very carefully what Jesus Christ has done to these disciples so that all of us will get the encouragement that we need. The Lord Jesus Christ has power over the storm. But I will tell you, knowing the fact that Jesus Christ has power over the storm will do us little or even nothing if the Lord Jesus Christ is not with us. 
However powerful our God would be, would mean nothing to us if God is not with us. But I will tell you this morning, in this example that we have, not just that we know that Jesus Christ has power over the storm, and the good thing to know this morning is that not just God, Jesus Christ has power over the storm, but Jesus Christ is with us. By this text in verse number uh, verse number um, verse number twenty-two, notice what he said there. Uh, uh, now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship and with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake. The word there that he used, let us, let us go over unto the other side of the lake. In other words, he includes himself, therefore he is with the, with the people in the, in, the, in, the, in the boat. The Lord Jesus Christ is with them. So that will tell us that when we go into our journey, and we come across with this storm, the Lord Jesus Christ is with us. Because He already promised us that He will never leave us nor forsake us. Every one of us can come to the Lord Jesus Christ and will have that promise of His presence. Not just the power of the storm that He can overcome, but also His promise is being given to us. So in this journey, my friend, I hope and pray that you have Jesus Christ in your life. Because whatever happens, the Lord Jesus Christ will be with you uh, through the storm. If that storm may ever come. But the sad thing, if you are here this morning and you do not have Jesus Christ in your life, and I will tell you, that is a really sad, sad, you know, uh, situation when, when the end of your life will come and then you are found out that you have no Christ. Because the Bible says in Matthew 7, 21, not, not, all, um, um, not all will say to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have done many uh, wonderful works? Then will I say unto him, I, will, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Any person that is not saved in the sight of God is a worker of iniquity. Any person that is not saved is not really acceptable to God. Because um, all people, God wants us to see Christ so that we will be, uh, you know, uh, we will become the children of God. John 8, 44. Oh, sorry, John 6, 40. John chapter 6, verse number 40, And this is the will of Him that sent me, that every one individual, each and every individual, um, uh, which seeth the Son, shall and believe on Him, believe it on Him, that <clears throat> um, may have everlasting life, and I will raise Him up at the last day. Everyone which seeth the Son. God wants all of us to see Jesus Christ. Because no person will be saved without Jesus Christ. Yeah. In, in um, John chapter 14, verse number 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It is important, brothers and sisters, to come to Jesus Christ for your salvation. 
Make sure that, you know, your life right now is, you know, uh, possessed by the Lord Jesus Christ. And how to possess the Lord Jesus Christ? Romans 10, 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You will be saved if you, if you receive Jesus Christ in your life. And I will tell you, you can receive him now if you want to. Yeah. Why? Because Jesus Christ is here. Yeah. He said in Matthew 18 verse 20, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So Jesus Christ is here right now. Because Jesus Christ is here right now, he is doing something in your life. And what does he do? He is knocking at the door of your heart. That means he wants to come into your life. All you need to do is open unto him. In Revelation chapter 3 verse number 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. So Jesus Christ is here in our midst. And the Lord Jesus Christ is knocking at the door of your heart. All you need to do is open to him. And say to him, Lord, by faith I open my heart. Come into my life and save my soul. Now if you do that, you call upon the name of the Lord. Romans 10.13 is your verse. Romans 10.13 for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then you are saved. The moment that you call upon the Lord Jesus, you become a child of God. Oh, pastor, I have always been a child of God. No, my friend. Only those people that will come to Christ will become children of God. Why? All of us are created by God. But not all of us are children of God. Only by virtue of your faith in the Lord Jesus yeah. that you become yeah. a child of God. John 1.12 John 1.12 But as many, you see that all, but as many, because only few, only many have received Christ. Some people rejected Christ. So those people that received Christ, but as many as received Him, to them, not to all, but only to them who receive. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. And the moment that you receive Christ, you become a child of God. And then maybe that is a very confusing in your mind. Do not get confused. All people in this world are created by God. Satan does not create anything. Only God created things. So all of us created by God, but not all of us are children of God. You can only become a child of God when you come to Jesus Christ. Because all of us are sinners and we are sold into sin. And because we are sold into sin, we are separated from God. In Romans chapter 10, chapter 3, verse number 23. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So we are separated from God. Now, because all of us are separated from God, then any person that will come to Christ will become child of God. And that person that comes to Christ will not be condemned. And that is what the Bible says in, in um, um, John chapter 8, verse number 44. John 8.44, that displaced the other father, that spiritual father, because there are two spiritual fathers in this world. One father is the devil, and this father is a covert father. He is not exposing himself as a father, but many people in this world are the children of this father. Because only the people that will come to Christ are the children of God. And the rest of the people are the children of the devil. You are of your father, the devil. And the last of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. So all of us, before we got saved, this was our father. But he did not present himself. He was covering himself. He is hiding. And people think that God is their father. And they got it wrong. In the end, they will realize, oh, why I'm here in hell. Yeah. Why? Because they were deceived by this one. Yeah. All, the, all the people in the world were sold into sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us are condemned to go to hell. But by the grace of God... We got saved. In, John, in, in Romans chapter 5, verse number 8. But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is in our life. And, and, and the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, see, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So now, all of us that receive Christ, we receive that forgiveness of sins. We receive that adoption of sons. We become adopted unto the Father because originally we are not God's children, but by virtue of our faith, in Jesus Christ, we become adopted unto Jesus, unto, unto God the Father. Now we are now children of God. We are now the same believers. And the rest of the people that do not believe in Christ, they are not children of God. But they think that they are. Yeah. But only to find out later that they are not. Yeah. That is why Matthew 7 21 is saying, not. Um, not uh, many will say to me in that day, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And what is that will? Because these people, they do not know the will. And what is that will? Go back to John chapter 6, verse number 40. John 6, 40, And this is the will of him that sent me. That everyone, so everyone must be saved. Everyone must come to Christ. Everyone must receive Christ. 
He said, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on Him may have everlasting life. My friends, today I will tell you, we have the promise of God, the promise of His presence. The moment that you come to Christ as your Lord and Savior, He will stay with you and live with you for all the rest of your life. And whenever storms come, He is with you. Whenever problems and tragedy comes, He is with you. That is God's promise. And not just His presence is a promise, but also the Lord has promised us our security. He said, let us go into the other side. He will go with us into the other side. And because He will, he will go with us, we are secured. No matter the storm, you know, there's no amount of storm. There's no amount of calamity. There's no amount of tragedy. Because Jesus Christ has promised that He will be with us. He promised that He will go with us. So therefore, we have the security in Him. Again, there's a lot of things to learn, but we run out of time. But I will tell you, the Lord, the Lord, if the Lord is not in your heart yet, if the Lord is not your Savior yet, you may do so today. Ask Him to come into your life. And how to ask Him to come into your life? Just say to Him that you believe in Him and say to Him, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. Lord, by faith, I open my heart. Come into my life and save my soul. If you do that with all your heart, that you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and, and He was buried and rose again the third day to pay the penalty of your sins, by faith, if you do that, then Jesus Christ has saved you. Because that faith can save you. And once you get saved, then you will be um, with us when the Lord Jesus Christ comes. And we will see each other in heaven. Let's bow our heads and pray. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for reminding us that indeed our life is very much similar to the situation here of the disciples crossing into the lake. And Lord, in the midst of the lake, there was the storm. And Lord, that storm reveals your power. That storm, Lord, reveals how powerful you are, O oh God. And Lord, that storm developed that faith. And that storm, Lord, we will exercise and strengthen that faith. Lord, we hate it. We hate it when there is a storm. We don't like it, Lord, when there is problem. We don't like it, Lord, when there is tragedy and calamity and hardship, difficulties. Lord, we don't like it in our lives, but Lord, give us the grace to understand the storm. Lord, sometimes you will use the storm so that we will come to you. Sometimes, Lord, you will use the storm so that we have to surrender our life to you. Please, Lord, allow us, Lord, to surrender our life to you before the storm comes. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to you. Not because we are afraid of the storm, but because you deserve our faithfulness. Please, Lord, speak to the hearts of your people and, Lord, enable them. For those who are here this morning that are not saved yet, I pray, Lord, that salvation will come to them. That they will put their trust in you, O God, and they will receive you as Lord and Savior. And Lord, they will invite you to come into their heart. And that Lord, they will believe what Jesus Christ has said and what Jesus Christ has done at the cross of Calvary for the payment and penalty of their sins. Lord, I pray that these people will have that saving faith, that they will come to Jesus Christ 
as their Lord and Savior, and that Lord, their, their soul and their future and their destiny will be secured. And because of your grace, and I pray, O oh God, that you will continue to speak to your people. And thank you, Lord, for reminding us this time. Thank you for reminding us about your love. And thank you for reminding us about your power. And Lord, uh, this morning, I pray that as we go out from this place and we, we, we carry on with our lives, I pray, O oh God, that we have that renewed strength and renewed spirit. That Lord, what the knowing, the reality, that whatever happens to this world, Though this world may crumble, Lord, our faith will remain the same. And that, Lord, uh, that, that faith is settled in our heart. That you are our Lord and Savior. And that you, you Lord, uh, is the only Savior that we have. And we put our full trust and reliance upon what you have done at the cross of Calvary. Bless, Lord, these people once again. And thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for showing us, Lord, um, all these things in the scripture. And I commit to you, Lord, your people. And then I commit to you, Lord, uh, the joy that you have given to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand and let's take that free final hymn.